Welcome. Thanks for joining us. This is Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we have a conversation with Mia Lowry. At the time of this recording, Mia is in Florida, so we used software to connect us for this conversation. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, then you already know that the majority of the people we interview are actual practitioners of various different modalities. And usually, Tiana and I are able to receive or participate in the services offered by the practitioners so that we can talk about our experiences on this podcast. I'm bringing all of this up because I wanted to let you know that before we made this recording, both Tiana and I were fortunate enough to have the great pleasure of experiencing a consultation with Mia. And, as I usually do with these generous offers, I went into it without any expectations and kept an open mind. What happened during the session with Mia was so different than anything I had ever experienced and so profound that I'm still processing all of it. You'll see in this conversation with Mia that I'm still in awe when I try to describe what happened and what it meant to me. Now you're probably wondering, what does Mia do? Well, among many things, Mia gives consultations by accessing something called the Akashic Records. And this is the type of consultation that Tiana and I received from Mia. Mia is a highly intuitive person, and I think she would want you to know that accessing the Akashic Records is separate from that, and she also sees clients for her intuitive services as well. So, if you're like I was a few months ago, you might be asking yourself, what is the Akashic Records? Since it's a difficult concept to completely describe in words, I'll do my best to give you a definition of what the Akashic Records are. And by the way, Mia does a much better job of explaining it in the conversation you're about to listen to, but I wanted to give you a little context before we go any further. SymbolicMeanings.com does a good job of giving a very basic, distilled definition. They start out by saying, Let's start with the meaning of the word. The term Akashic is Sanskrit for ether. Ether, in the spiritual sense, is the essence that dwells beyond our physical reality. Some schools of thought believe ether, akasha, is a place located in the higher-most regions above the clouds in the sky. Interestingly, the term akash is the Hindi word for sky. SymbolicMeanings.com goes on to say, The meaning of akashic records is an obscure thing. It's submerged in a sea of opinions from religious scholars, renowned psychics, and theosophists. According to the Dictionary of the Esoteric by Neville Drury, the definition of the Akashic Records is theosophical concept for an astral memory of all events, thoughts, and emotions that have arisen since the world began. Which is, and this is my interpretation now, a sophisticated way of saying a memory bank of everything that has ever happened, including the potentiality of what could happen. Dooroflotus.com says, Akashic records have been known and consulted by ancient Egyptians, Tibetans, and Mayans before reaching the Western man's awareness. In each of these populations, there was the belief in the existence of celestial plates containing the history of mankind. Okay, I think that should give you a basic understanding of what Akashic records are for now. And as I was researching these definitions, I remember during my investigations into UFO sightings and alien abductions several years ago, I read about a case where extraterrestrials told an abductee that there was a record of everything that ever happened, including all thoughts. 
and they had a way of accessing that information. And every now and then I would try to imagine the immense power and potential benefit that that kind of knowledge would have. Now, let's go to the conversation with Mia Lowry, Tiana Roser, and myself, Tim Howe. I'm sure that people are, would love to hear how you got into this work, because it's not something that everyone does. And so there's usually a story about kind of how spirit guided you to come into this work, and I'd love to hear that story. Okay. I just, so I'm, I can focus. I, uh, I just want to express my gratitude for both of you inviting me to your podcast. I just couldn't be more honored at the, the whole concept of working beyond the illusion and your intention, inviting different practitioners who have taken their experiences and knowledge forward to help assist others uh, beyond the illusion and just being one of those people uh, it just fills me with gratitude so with that being said now I can focus (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've always been interested in beyond the physical I don't know if it's from dyslexia in school or I just always believed there was something else there so I, I believe it was pretty much innately within me somehow. My mom used to go to psychics, and I was always interested in, in that kind of thing as well. And she uh, she asked me one day, um, did I want an Akeshic record consultation as a gift for my birthday? And I was like, what is that? You know, what what uh, what is that? And she said, well, I'm not really sure, but this woman, Laura Lynn Bunn, used to do energy healing on her, uh, helping her with her knees and whatnot. And um, this is something that uh, Laura Lynn had offered. And um, and I was always up for something new. So I said, well, sure, I'll go, you know. And I was told that I was to come with some questions, like maybe at least five questions. And I went and with my questions, and I had an experience that, like, literally blew my mind. I... Um, I had never felt so loved. Uh, I, I had never felt so understood. And it seemed like all the questions I had eventually had some sort of theme where they all ran together. Mm. And I went away with from that being um, with so much more clarity. I, it was, and it was too it was different. The, the questions that I had, I was expecting different types of answers. But what the masters and teachers brought forward for me uh, was on a whole new level for me, and I just I fell in love with it. And I uh, I've always wanted to help people. It's been my big dream my whole life. And so, not only did I want to learn how to access the records for myself, um, I wanted to understand how to access them for others. That's what initiated my journey in the Akashic Records. That's beautiful. And. Could you explain in your own words, you know, I'm sure different people have a different explanation, but what um, what the Akashic Records are in your own words? It's interesting that you say in my own words, because <laughs> as I learned, yeah, because as I learned, you know, I was taught that 
because I'm like, what is this? What is a cash? What is a Keshik record? What is this? And the way it was initially explained to me was, well, the Akash is the substance from which all life is formed. It's like psh, when our soul chooses life, the Akash begins. And record is because since that moment, every thought, emotion, experience, feeling, family we were in, job we had, pet we had, all of it has been recorded. So the Akashic records are basically, well, no, there's no basic. Um, let me rewind there. It's very expansive. And they too, my understanding of the Akashic records has also evolved a great deal over time um, as I continue practicing and accessing for myself and others. It's a very malleable energy field where all the information, every, every bit of information from from when the energy first existed till the point it chose life till the, the past, the present and the potentiality of all events and all things of the unfoldment of the future. So in other words, it's not something that you can be told exactly what the future has, but it's insight into the potentiality of that. So here's this very malleable energy field that's very fluid. It's not finite. So the Akeshic records, there's so many there's so many things. It's an energy field that contains all information. Of course, too, I learned that, you know, it's referred to as the book of life. Um, it's honored by different religions and ancient Sanskrit. I think it got popularized, at least in our, our Western culture, by um, Edgar Casey. Is that right? Uh, well, I, you know, I haven't really studied much of that other than what I learned um, from what I understand how it got introduced to the States. Um, from my teachings, I'm sure there's many different ways people, again, this is all my perception, my experience. And there's, I'm sure, many ways to access the records, many interpretations of how the records were introduced to the state. What I learned was that a man by the name of Johnny Petrashka, um, who was of Spanish descent, he had a dream of a Mayan woman. To make a long story short, he had a dream of a Mayan woman. And um, on a business trip in Mexico City, he actually ran into that Mayan woman. And she... Um, had told him she had been looking for him for quite some time and took him in and introduced him to the sacred prayer uh, that I utilized to access the records and proceeded to, to teach him about accessing the record. And then he brought that prayer to the state. And um, actually my teacher, Laura Lynn Bunn, is uh, one of four generations blessed to teach nationally utilizing this sacred prayer. And that's how I learned. So I don't, I don't divert from that because it's never let me down and it's what I know. However, I have heard stories of Edgar Casey and things that he's said that um, bring me even more understanding. Like from what I understand, he said a quote, we invented time to keep everything from happening at once. Because <laughs> he's so familiar with the, the multidimensional realms and and all of its connectivity to all things. So from what I hear, there's many different ways the access to access the records. 
I'm not sure how Edgar Casey did, but he has, and he's helped many people through that. Just I have a deep respect and um, honor for the various ways uh, different practitioners who access the records utilize that. I, I learned a particular way, and um, from what I understand, there's many ways to access the records. Yeah, it makes so. me think of um, Reiki, like because I practice Reiki, and I learned that through a particular lineage, through a tr- particular tradition. But Reiki is actually universal energy, and universal energy has always existed. And there's other people in different traditions calling it a different name that are accessing it. And in the same way, Akashic records have always existed, but there are different traditions of how to access and and how they get popularized. Um, but I'm curious. So then, um, can anyone take the training? I mean, so can anyone access the records? How does that work? Yes. My belief is absolutely from what I was taught, it's our birthright and anyone can access the records. Uh, you don't have to be a practicing psychic or intuitive or medium. I believe everybody has an innate intuition. But anybody who's curious, I would I I would highly recommend uh, finding an entrusted teacher to try it on. You know, be be able to access your own records. Uh, I love doing what I do, and as a dear friend of mine who uh, was a teacher at some point in her life used to say, uh, her job is uh, to become increasingly unnecessary. <laughs> So I, I love accessing the records for people. And to answer your question, anyone can access the records. I feel like, you know, this world that we live in, um, there was this veil of forgetfulness um, where we don't remember all that we've been and all that we've experienced. And that veil of forgetfulness is sort of like childproofing <laughs> that um, mm-hmm. um, only when one has grown to a certain spiritual, mental, emotional maturity, um, are they aware even of these other realms that they exist? And um, are they then able to access it? And so, but then people talk about right now about how the veil is thinning. And so I guess it's it's that our society, enough people are, are growing, um, uh, are evolving or maturing to the level where we no longer need that veil. So, so I guess. Oh I'm, my gosh. Oh, I just, you guys are just, I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're so on it. I, it, it, to, to answer your question. Um, and it, and again, it's so much at once. Once someone access the records and they can see things from, yes, the records have been around for a long time, but basically there, in my understanding, there is no beginning and no ending. So energetically, all energy has been around forever, way before it decided to choose life. And what you're describing to me is, is it's almost like exactly where science and spirituality mix. See, we have the same DNA as trees and soil. And these trees and these plants, and they've been around since they chose life. They have an Akeshic record as well, and we're a part of it because we're in their records and they're in ours. And as they've evolved through time, they remember through their DNA memory, 
like if a caterpillar starts chomping on a leaf and they say, oh, I, I automatically know to excrete this chemical to get this caterpillar off me. Or the big trees in the, in the um, forest in Northern California, they, they're ancient and they have so much knowledge based on their evolutionary process. So it's, it's within them. So there's this exchange, just like on a scientific level and a molecular level, that one cell can never just exist on its own. It ends up combining with another. And then there's this exchange, and then there's this experience. And then at some point, that physical form changes. And it carries with it this DNA memory into the next form. So that explains why sometimes we know how to do things we never studied in this life. Or we feel familiarized with something. And it also explains how sometimes things that we were learning before, it could have been earlier in this life, it could have been from other lives as we've changed forms. And this DNA memory, call it consciousness, call it subconsciousness, call it soul energy that is is with us, that is a, a part of everything, part of that divine spirit that's guiding us. See, it's so expansive, I'll try to contain it into um, something that the listeners and you can understand. And again, I'm evolving, my understanding's evolving of it all as well. But sometimes we carry things with us in this DNA memory that are, are no longer part of our learning process. At some point, it may have been beneficial in our evolutionary process of understanding, the seeking to understand, or something that's just innately within us. Some of those things end up blocking us. Some of those things are belief systems and patterns that are in our family lineage or from, from ancestry, you know, or from another life we've lived and what personality and human form we, we took on then in order to learn what we learn. And it's interesting because as, as I continue to practice this, I've recently, it's just like, it's like, oh my God, I started to realize, well, I may not recognize it. Sometimes I'm, I'm like, what, what am I learning here? Why aren't I learning something? What is it? It could be a high probability that maybe I'm a catalyst in someone else's life or something they're learning, that it isn't for me to know. I trust when a seeker comes forward seeking information that if they're ready to know it, the information will come forward. And part of the knowing isn't just, well, here's your answer uh, so you can know it. The knowing comes through the unfoldment of the experience, just like nature, just like all of peoples of all of time have, have we been learning together, together through challenges, fires, earth change, just to this <laughs> present moment. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. like, yeah, it's so much happening at once, just like Edgar Casey said. Yeah, so. And it's so beautiful. It, it really is. And I, I love that explanation that you gave right there. I could I could actually picture everything happening and evolving in my mind as you were describing it. And it's so funny that Tiana brought up this thinning of the veil because we must have a psychic connection, the three of us somehow, because I was literally mm -hmm. thinking that 
right before we started this recording, I was thinking about that. I was cleaning up my house and that I was thinking about how the veil is, is thinning and how we are in this. She almost used the exact words I used in my own head, how we're in this, um, forgetting, you know, we're in this density of forgetting. And I did want to say something that you, you mentioned earlier about your first Akashic records reading, how you felt that you were so loved and you felt so understood. And, you know, I want to tell everybody that you did offer uh, Tiana and I free consultations and we want to, I want to thank you for that. You know, it me was, too. it was really, it was moving for me. It was tremendously helpful. I was like you, I was kind of blown away, you know, by the whole experience. So many things came through for me that made me feel like I really was understood. Like there was some, you know, energy or whatever it was that really knew me to my core. And it, whatever came through was exactly what I needed to hear. Because I was really, you know, very, very interested in the Akashic Records ever since I first heard about them, which wasn't that long ago. It was probably just just a few months ago, I'm sure. And it was just so fascinating to me, like, oh, what is this? That's really cool. Because I'd heard of Edgar Casey and he, you know, how he did his thing. And I just didn't know that there were other people out there doing something similar to that, you know. And so, you know, it wasn't just the reading itself that that um, that was so helpful. It was kind of some of the other stuff that you, I think, intuitively were able to tap into. Yeah, same for me. Yeah, I want to hear your experience and then I'll share mine. Yeah, so, you know, you had this this um, this information come through to you, I guess, beforehand. And all this information that came through was so relevant to my immediate life at that point that it was pretty shocking, actually. I was like, wow, you know, this is exactly what's... And, and it wasn't all that aware to me. I knew, I knew it on some level. But once you told me out loud in words, you know, about this, uh, this past life of mine and, and how it affected me right now... It just, it brought up so many emotions in, inside of me that I knew it was, it, you had like struck a chord, you know? And so I almost, I literally almost started crying <laughs> when you were telling me that part at the beginning because it was so, uh, I don't know, it was just, it was just so right on point. And as soon as I realized what you were saying and, and the impact that it had on me in my life right now, it was like this huge release. Like I can't explain it but this giant feeling of everything is going to be okay. And I don't know any other way to describe it, but you know, if you've never had that feeling, <laughs> it, it really is life changing. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. And I'm not going to go into the details of it because I don't want people to come and, and give me their interpretation of it and maybe change how it, it works for me. Yeah, I also wow. had a really powerful experience um, with Mia's consultation. Yeah, she's an amazing, intuitive. She also gave me information before you know we got to the part about opening my records and um, asking questions. And it was, I mean, there was a part where I was just kind of blown away because she had mentioned, and I don't mind saying kind of specifically um, this part, she had mentioned that the masters were saying that it's time for me to utilize my own innate 
healing abilities that come from many lifetimes versus these other methods that I've learned that I mostly rely on. And then she said, I mean, there, of course, there's a lot more, but and she said, yes, and there's this very specific way that you're going to work with people, this specific type of healing that is DNA repatterning. And when she said that, I was just like, whoa, I got chills because I'd had this dream a while ago. And and so since the consultation, I went back because, you know, I keep journals of all my dreams. I went back and I looked for this dream and I found it. It was actually I thought it was like more than a year ago, but it was actually May 28th of this year. I had this dream where uh, I remember you telling uh, me about that. Oh, you I did. actually said it out loud. I actually oh, remember that. Because I, yeah. I was okay. So I'll t- so I said on the podcast or just to you. Well, anyway, no, I'll, I think it was uh, just after we were yeah. done recording. You said, "Oh, I had this dream about DNA." And, uh, yeah, you're and like, it I don't know me. what that means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I had this dream where um, uh, I was reading an Akashic book, and there was I was reading about DNA repatterning, and it was so specific. And w- when I woke up, one at that point in time. I didn't have any interest in the Kashuk records and I didn't know anything about DNA repatterning. So when I woke up, I was like, so that's not something in my subconscious and it's not something in my conscious. It has to be from spirit, a message, because where did that information come from? So I thought I must find this book, this Akashic book. So I went on Amazon <laughs> and I looked, I, I typed in Akashic records and I looked through all the table of contents for all of the books that I could find on Amazon about Akashic records, looking for a chapter on DNA repatterning. And I couldn't find it. I thought I was supposed to find this physical book <laughs> and I was baffled and I'm glad. I, so I told yeah. him, yeah. You, you even told us that part. It was me and someone else was here too. And uh-huh. you, you said, yeah, I went through all these books and I, looked, I, couldn't, and I couldn't find, find anything. <laughs> and so then when she said it and then I was like, <laughs> oh, it I was actually accessing my own because like like Mia told me like oh they sometimes call it you know the Akashic um, the book of records I was accessing my own records in my dream and I symbolize that as a book but um but if she hadn't have you know so I forgot about that and if she hadn't have said that um and if I hadn't had that dream and, and Mia had just told me that I'd be like yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but then the fact that it came through my dream, because I still don't know anything consciously yet about DNA repatterning. But now I've, I fully trust and believe that it's something deep within what Mia said was within my DNA memory that I do know how to do that. And I, I also know um, and trust and believe from my own experience that that will come forward. Because I remember a long time ago when I was young, I like to go to psychics you know, when I was like 19 or something. And um, and I had, didn't have a spiritual awakening at that point. I just wanted somebody to give me the answers. And they used to tell me, oh, you have all the answers within you. You know, you, you're an old soul. Mm-hmm. And and I would get really frustrated. I'm like, well, just tell me the answer. If, if I had these answers, I think I would have found <laughs> them by now. It's been 19 years, you know. <laughs> but, you know, now I understand <laughs> looking back like, okay, all of that, I slowly opened and, you know, and then brought that energy in and embodied that and so um anyway I just it was it was really a powerful message and of course there was a lot more that came through but that was really um mind-blowing for me that's awesome I uh again I you know when people make um or give feedback as you all just given uh I just couldn't be more grateful to do this work 
I have to completely remove myself in order to consciously uh, tr translate this information that's coming from this completely loving, unconditional dimension, dimensional, quantum level energy field. Um, and all I can think of when people say that is they took the action to come forward to seek. Actually accessing someone's records, there's kind of like a universal law where you don't go, I, I as a practitioner, let's say I, I see someone and they're like uh, sharing some things going on in their life. It's not up to me to go, well, you know, I can access your records and help you with that <laughs> um, or, get, you know, be a translator for you, better, better said. Um, that they need to seek that. And, you know, it's a little bit different with you both because obviously you're seekers. I mean, for you to uh, create this entity through this vision of this podcast, Beyond the Illusion, and bringing all these different people forward with these different abilities to help tap in to this loving energy field. And there's many of us, just like in school, you, you could learn over and over, but then the right teacher comes along and you're like, oh, I get it. So I, I owe the gratitude to the masters, teachers, and loved ones and to the people coming to seek um, that continue to support this work. Um, and I love it when the confirmation comes forward because, again, it's not as woo-woo as people think. It's, I truly believe the reality that's available for us to utilize our own free will, our own choices, our own ability to connect with this loving guidance and accessing the Akashic Records is is part of that in regards to what y'all were saying and the reason why I earlier went oh my god and I chuckled was two reasons one I already shared on on the one but I recently was filling out a, a holiday card to send to my father and I was like oh happy holidays and then uh and happy new year 2020 and then all of a sudden it came to the most clear understanding. You know how back in the day, like way before 1999, that song came out, we're going to party like it's 1999. <laughs> like we were anticipating the, the year 2000, you know, and there's been different increments of time where, and, and they talk about the, the dawning of the Aquarius and all kinds of, of different, spiritual groups that are acknowledging different things to the Atlanteans and the Oracle Archangels and all this stuff, they're getting information, right? And they're like, wow, we're on a really transformational time. And, and it, for someone who's been accessing the records and still is learning so much, I'm so grateful for this work. I'll never know it all. I can see that we're, we're constantly on this tra transformational process. But earlier when you all mentioned about this this awakening, right? This you know, there's many different words. I don't remember exactly what you said, but this is what happened when the 2020 came. All of a sudden, it became very clear that yes, we have. We've been evolving. We've had these profound times, and 
2020 is the year of clear vision. Literally, 2020, oh. a year of clear vision. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. A year of a global awakening. Like we all, in our own way, in our own interdependent individual and expansive ways, whether we think we're spiritual or not, whether we feel that work that we've done or not, we're on the brink of of this global awakening because energetically as a whole, we are connecting at a more rapid rate than ever before. And that can be achieved through the various ways these practitioners that come to your podcast and that are out there and available to us to help guide us to our own that's what I meant by I'd like to become increasingly unnecessary mm-hmm. because that's what happens each and every time. You know, that what's available in this loving energy field, which again, the Akashic records are, are so many things. And one of those things is the pure love. Literally, it almost makes me want to cry. It's mm-hmm. pure love. And the masters, teachers, and loved ones See that, see that, and can bring you information through you coming and seeking that. Yeah, you can you can really feel it when you're having a consultation with you. There is a sensation that comes over you, and you can feel the presence of, I don't know what it is. It does feel like love, though. It does feel like this really loving mm-hmm. feeling. And, you know, I like what you were saying about 2020 being like this new awakening and this clarity happening because we have had other guests on this podcast and they've said similar things. Like we had a a Shannon, the astrologer, and she mentioned that um, there is this alignment, you know, planetary wise that does um, emphasize this sort of awakening for everyone. And um, we had another guy on who talked about the law of one. And he mentioned this awakening that's happened as well. So, you know, it's a lot of different people saying it in different ways, but it's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say something really quick um, earlier in regards to the what I sometimes call pre-consultation message or information. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since I was a kid, I, I just thought everybody had this. I could see... I can't really explain it in words, but I had a, an understanding and I loved talking with people and hearing them. And I always wanted to be like a counselor. You know, I, I often thought about studying to be a counselor. Um, and, uh, and then I realized, yes, people have this, but at the same time, I, you know, I had this intuition and something happened in my life. Well, a series of events where all of a sudden it like, it just was like, like earlier, um, Tim mentioned a cord. Uh, I used to see a, a specific psychic that helped me after my mom passed. And after I had this experience, I I called him for a session and I'm like, and I didn't say anything to him. Cause I always too, I was like, wanna see, you know, uh, you know <laughs> he can see, um, I'm a human being too. So <laughs> like, you know, I'm learning. And, uh, and he was like, you're like a cord that's opened up. And, and so I had already studied the Akeshic records. I had already started um, uh, assisting others through accessing theirs. And then um, now I had this whole intuitive side of me where I was able to do lots of things. And that's why I ended up 
So after a couple of years, I finally asked, well, what can I call myself? And that's how I came up with universal intuitive. And so, and I, and I wouldn't have been able to really practice that either if I hadn't gone to nature's treasures and asked um, the manager there, Michael, to help me understand this jewelry from my mom and long story short, some information came through to him. And then he said, Oh, well, you've got to meet this woman, Marilyn Wagner. She's, um, with spiritualized productions and before I knew it I and this was like completely I never thought in my in a million years that little old Mia would be able to be sitting at a table utilizing these gifts to help others like on the intuitive level and I only mention all this because my teacher, Lorlin, made it very clear that it's, it's separate, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and with both of you, it was interesting because part of it came through as my records. And part of it came through on an intuitive level. So I always, when someone comes forward for an Akeshic record consultation, they may not want to hear anything from the, from what I call the support system or the divine realm. So I just wanted to make that clear to the, to the listeners again, that um, when accessing the Akashic record, everything that comes forward is completely 100% coming from the masters, teachers, and loved ones of that entity coming forward for information. It, it was just important for me to, to clarify that and share that. Yeah. Um, and then I would say to the listeners, um, you definitely do want to get that information from <laughs> me. It's very helpful. Um, uh, I was wondering uh-huh. if sometimes, so, you know, I do this life between lives regression. It's like a four hour long spiritual regression and people go into spirit realm and they connect with their guide or guides or in their spirit family. Mm-hmm. And sometimes with the council of elders and people bring questions in that they want asked and sometimes they're told that it's not the right time to get those answers. It's not appropriate for them to know that information right now for their level of growth or, or for where they're at. And I was wondering if it was similar with the Akashic records that sometimes people come in with a question, but it's not appropriate for their highest good to know at that time. Wow, very interesting. I just had a flashback in... in um... And when I was taking a class, the, the next level, the level before I'm, I had certified a certification to access for others. And um, I remember Laura Lynn, which, by the way, I, I, she's just an amazing teacher. Um, she's in uh, Coconut Grove, Florida. I, 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 when I was in Texas, I actually made the trip for the second level class because I, I just entrusted in her. But needless to say, I um, remember her saying, sometimes it's rare, but sometimes someone will ask a question and they may not be ready to hear that. However, what I have found, this is what I have found, they may be asking a question, but the mat, this is what I love so much, is that the masters, teachers, and loved ones of that person know them so well 
that they will bring information forward that they're ready to hear to assist them in their evolutionary path as they're on their way to arrive at that point. Because I remember when I was new, I was like, oh my God, well, what if they ask a question? And, and I'm not able to say, you know, but still I was, I was new, I was learning that this is not about all I am as a mere facilitator. I don't have to figure out one thing the masters, teachers, and loved ones, they know it all. They know everything. And they know exactly how to work with that person. So, again, and sometimes information, very rare, but sometimes information comes forward that they're not asking about, but they're ready to hear it. Mm-hmm. And And usually it's in some sort of thematic way with other questions they have. There's so many veins and roots and extensions of where we came from, where we're going, what our personality is wrapped up in, and what our soul is like tugging at our shirt tails and skirts to 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 share with us. Yeah. You see, so every now and then that'll happen. I always encourage someone as they're taking notes, because uh, sometimes the recording will get boop, wiped off sometimes just my voice which is actually the voice of the masters teachers and loved ones will be recorded and the and the other persons will fall off but even if all of that's gone you know it's um to take the notes and just as their enfoldment occurs from the time of that akashic record consultation that something they may not quite have understood or information that didn't come forward for them at that time to see what happens in the enfoldment because it's a high probability that as they're utilizing their free will choice based on any, any and all of the information that the masters and teachers brought forward to them through the conversation, through the uh, images or visions or whatever they bring forward, that they may arrive at that understanding. I was going to say answer, but, I just feel more guided to say that understanding of that question that that wasn't answered at the time of their consultation. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting that it wasn't just, you know, words, spoken words that came through. There were also images. And you did share an image with me that was pretty powerful because it was an image of me as a child and I was in the desert and I was looking for Indian artifacts, which is actually, if you don't know me, that's something I did as a kid. I would, I lived in the in a desert in the high plains in Wyoming, and we would go out and look for arrowheads, and you could literally find them in where we lived. And I remember doing this, and you said the point of that image coming through was that I was supposed to remember that feeling. And when I do that, it's mm-hmm. very helpful because I can go right back to it and it's almost like the weight of the world just leaves me. And I, I just, I needed that. I need to go, I need that image to go back to sometimes and remember that my life can be like that. So I, I thought yeah. that was really awesome, yeah. you know? Yeah, they will, yeah, they, they just know, they know the person through and through from the, from the, God's eyes, basically, and 
you know, it's not like they, they'll say, oh, you had a blue car. Uh, you know, if, if they say you had a blue car, it's because there's something deeper around that memory or that vision or that remembrance or same thing. Someone may ask a question, can you show me a past life that I had? And they, um, they could show as many past lives that you've had for sure. But what is the question? Because whatever the question is, they'll bring forward whatever's necessary for you to have that energy shift, have that understanding. It's also a treatment in harmonizing your energy. Um, it's, a, it's an opportunity to see behind the veil of through someone else's eyes. Uh, I also would like to share, too, it's uh, businesses were once an, an energy, maybe a vision, maybe something someone came up with and then people got together. It shows life one day. It has an Akeshic record. Wow. So there's opportunities for people to understand together. Like I would be asking the permission of the, the owners or owners or owner and then access the records for them in regards to the business or relationships or couples from a, uh, uh, the questions are not coming from the each individual person, but more from a relationship level. Or uh, I think I mentioned this uh, to you, Tiana, at the, my dog, mm-hmm. Greta, when she came in and got integrated into my family, I knew they loved each other, but I had two adopted um, canine children. (laughs) (laughs) And um, there was some sort of something going on I didn't quite understand. So because Greta's in my records, I can access my records and I can ask the masters and teachers, what can you show me about Greta to help me better understand her and help, help her get along with Kelly, my other dog? And, uh, and of course it's revealed and it, it's just endless. Not only have the Akeshic records been around for a long time, they've, it's almost like there is no beginning or no ending. Like I, it's almost like the Mayan representation of the, the spiral. There's spirals in the, in the universe. I mean, it can go way out there and it can be right here. Uh, in someone who just wants to know something. Yeah, I just, as I use the word just, I, I feel like stepping back from that because it's never just. Something that can seem very expansive or something that can seem like one needs a, a simplistic view. It's all contained. It's all there. And it always will be. And it always has been. So that everything that exists has Akashic records. So like I could, not that I want this, but like um, find out the Akashic records of my car, for instance, or like if my car wasn't act, was acting up and I could I go into its Akashic records to understand <laughs> what it needs or I'm just no, I've, I've, I've never facilitated for that. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know, but I have asked what, like I've asked about my relationship with earth. Mm-hmm. I've asked, uh, yeah, about different planets. We're all in different vibrational 
curiosities and and uh, exchanges and experiences and uh, no matter who you are or what you're experiencing, uh, it's there. You know, we're all having our our evolutionary journey anyway. It's happening. You know, someone may feel perfectly content in their evolutionary process. You know, someone who it's to have an Akeshic record consultation, which is again a conversation between the seeker and the masters and teachers and loved ones of them. Uh, it it's something that that needs to be desired because if someone doesn't have questions, it, it's almost uh, then then yeah then it's not something that's why I shy away from gift certificates or gifts someone be like oh my god I know this would help someone but they need to seek it yeah you know so if there was something on a soul level that would assist you in your evolutionary path around your car I'm sure it would come forward. <laughs> and I'm like, actually not and somebody. And it is, it's okay. I'm not somebody very sorry, interested in. No, I was just going to say, I'm really not. I I don't know. That's just how my mind just comes like, oh, I wonder. But actually, I'm not very interested in objects and, and knowing about my car. Yeah, but it no. was just a curiosity. Mm-hmm. Well, I did read, actually. I, I love was... that, though. I love that. I love that playful energy, though. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually did awesome. read somewhere about the, I was reading about the Akashic Records. And it did mention that that you could ask about your business or you could ask about your property, like, what was the best way to, um, like, build on it mm-hmm. or, or landscape it and you could get information that way too and i thought that was mm-hmm. pretty interesting i kind of would like to do that for my own property because we seem kind of stuck about like what we want to do with it so there's endless mm-hmm. applications and also too i'm sorry go ahead no i just i it boggles my mind there's just endless applications of of accessing the records yeah and again i just uh in, in a very loving um and yes it's playful and joyful and in a loving way too um one more thing, you know, uh, if someone is having a problem with their car, it it more than likely is something for them to understand that something going in their, on in their life that is directly related to the car not being able to be fixed. So I, I may have chuckled earlier, and at the same time, um, it's a very valid uh, question. Yeah, I um, when we had our dreams episode, I mentioned that I look at, you know, because the outer is a reflection of, of the inner and vice versa. And so like there was a point in my um, just maybe a couple of years ago where I kept getting um, flat tires and it I was like trying to like logically look at like, where am I parking? What road am I taking? But really, I was looking at then I started looking at it symbolically about me needing to be more grounded as like, oh, what does a tire represent in a car? And, and same thing, um, things will happen in my, in my condo, um, where there's water leaking and I'm like, okay, water leaking, that's my emotions. And, you know, where do I need to create better, stronger containers for that? And all of these things, I do think there's something, you know, where the outer is the inner and the inner is the outer, and it can be useful, um, to look at those things as well. Mm-hmm. And the diagonal and horizontal and... <laughs> 
I mean, it goes, it's just in every direction, all encompassing everything. Uh, the oneness. Yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoyed, you know, I don't remember people's specific information because it would be way too much for me to carry around. However, there are sometimes universal knowledge that comes forward pertaining to that particular person that comes forward. And also too, I remember essences of people and if I'm talking with them or they're talking about it, sometimes I'll have a flash, mm-hmm. you know, cause they'll say, Oh, when you were saying this and that, and of course it, it's the master's teachers and loved ones, it's all information coming through from the divine. It's just my voice that I just, both of you had such a loving intention. I, it's just, I can't, I'll never forget it. Um, that's something I felt from both of you. You're, your, your ambition to bring that loving intention into the world. And I can't stress enough uh, how integral this entity, this Beyond the Illusion podcast is to that. It's, it's just bringing so many people that are assisting in this very same loving intention that you both have into this realm at this time which is part of this global awakening. I, I'm, I can't be, I could, I, I was just going to say, I just, the, the magnitude of gratitude, I didn't know that was going to rhyme, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the magnitude of gratitude that I have right now for the both of you is immense. Thank um, you. Thanks, yeah. I just see your, your uh, what you have here to offer in the world, and it's just, such a beautiful amazing thing yeah you know i didn't really come into this whole project thinking that i was going to be helping people but as i got into it i realized like that really was the underlying intent you know and it does make me feel good to hear you know you say what you're saying and other people that have been helped by it as well i I, it does feel really good Yeah. yeah i was wondering you mentioned, you know, the masters and teachers, these loving higher beings that come forth for the Akashic Records consultation. Um, so is it is it different ones that come for different people? And do you feel those energies differently in each um, session? Yes, I do. I don't remember t- the second part of your question. Then I'll go back to the first part of your question. The second part of your question, do I feel the energies of these people? Yes, I do. And Sometimes as an empath or as an intuitive, I have to really work hard. One may hear myself saying, okay, Mia, get out, get out. Because <laughs> sometimes it's just, yes, I feel the loving energy. It's a combination. I feel the loving energy from the Akeshic field. And I also feel the person. If I remember correctly, Lorlin used to call it just being able to drop the pencil. Because sometimes it's working with people on many different levels, some that have terminal illnesses, some that may be transitioning, some that may be needing some healing energy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all different levels. And so some, when I feel it, I just, I ask the masters and teachers, just help me step back in my mind so I can be the best facilitator for this person. 
and just hold the space, be present, consciously be translating this information that I'm seeing and feeling, but that is, is not mine at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, th- to answer that question, the others, uh, who are the masters and teachers and, and how many of them are there and what do they look like and all of that? <laughs> it was interesting because I had those same questions and people were asking me. So one day, early in my my practice of facilitating for others, finally, I one day I just thought, hmm, you know, and I asked, I asked Laura Lynn, well, who exactly are they? You know, and she gave me her interpretation. So one day I asked, I accessed my records and I asked the masters and teachers, and I, I wrote it down word verbatim because it was exactly as it came from them. And I actually uh, utilized this when, um, and I was so nervous, but I was invited to give a lecture on the Akeshic Records at one of the metaphysical and holistic fairs, which I'm so glad I did. But I shared this, and if, if you'd like, I'll share it with you right now. This is basically what came forward to me as I accessed my records of who are the masters and teachers and loved ones. Would you like me to quickly read it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I just, I put it over here to have on hand and sure enough, you asked that question. So (laughs) that's how I was like, Oh, okay, here it is. So I actually dated this too. 9-28-2016. I asked, who who are you, masters, teachers, and loved ones? And they said, we are wise, loving beings, beings who have evolved to this place of our experience, in quotation marks, that which we are the masters in seeing, understanding, and delivering this profound information from the Akashic Records. We have the all-encompassing understanding of the seeking entity and as to best put forth their information to the translator or receiver. We are masters and teachers as we assist those who are on the path of seeking and learning. Thus, and they got really funny, like masters and teachers. (laughs) And then they said, loved ones will come forward as needed and are of different energies. That So this is the loved ones. Loved ones will come forward as needed and are of different energies that have been loved by or have loved the seeker or entity asking questions, thus loved ones. And I have another little note here when I ask. I ask them if they are energies. I said, are you energies? And they said, um, I put here their response. Everything is energy, whatever life form or not life form. So, yes, we consider ourselves energies like you, divine love energy. That's really beautiful. I like that. That's directly from them. And at this moment, that's the best way I can answer your question because I had the very same one and so did others. And that prompted me to ask that question and it made it really clear. I thought it was, I thought it was because they, they were a little funny with me because they know I take this so seriously. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they know I, I have this intention to, to not let anybody down and, you know, and I can um, relate to that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's part of our human experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, they've, they've, they've evolved to this place of their, of their experience uh, that they've mastered in the ability to see and understand and deliver this information. And then as they bring it forward to the translator or receiver, they're teaching them how to move forward in, in their interdependent way from their own free will. Then that's when they smiled and said, thus masters and teachers. And then they went on to describe what the loved ones are. Yeah. So, yeah. so something else that I found really helpful um, after the consultation with you was that you gave us, or you brought forward some, like a prayer, and then these grace points that you're supposed to put some pressure on your hand. And I was just wondering if you could kind of describe the significance of the grace points and um, what that's what the prayer and everything is all about. Well. It's interesting. Um, with everything being energy and our physical form, we're made of, of this physical energy. And sometimes when things are very deeply ingrained in us that we're, we're in the process of repatterning, or if we, we have initiated a, a repatterning, um, even by just stepping forward to access our records and find information, because already that's initiating a shift in energy, a balance in energy. And so every now and then when I'm consulting for someone, this process called grace points is a very subtle yet powerful physical action that one can take and be guided through to release this belief system or pattern and allow for grace to, for them to acknowledge the grace that's within them, to embrace their truth. So grace point is something I learned in my second level class uh, that may come forward from the masters and teachers. And when it does, this is the process we take the person through. Not everyone I, I, I call it, I, when I see the hand, I feel like, I'm like, okay. And I'm always double check, triple checking with the masters and teachers when I'm facilitating for someone to make sure that I'm bringing it forward exactly as they're asking me to. And um, I'll see the hand and it's like, oh, and then I'll check with them. Are you asking me to, the, and they'll nod or they'll not nod. And I'll be like, oh, well, why are you showing me the hand? <laughs> but Typically, when the hand is shown, I know to take this person through the grace points process. And some things we've worked through and worked through, um, and some things need a little more work, but some things are ready to be released. And being in physical form, the grace points is such a subtle and wonderful way to be able to initiate and accompany that profound release it's like it's like in conjunction with what is already happening in the energy field 
as that person has already come forward seeking truth, change. So it's a process that helps one recognize after they go through the process because there's the release statement and then they go through a process of releasing that belief system or pattern and the masters and teachers will bring forward the specific release statement for that that entity, that person. For them at that time in their life, that is of the highest benefit. And they'll they'll go like word for word. And then as a facilitator, I give that that statement to them. They write it down and then we go through this process. And then comes the grace statement. So after releasing at that point, it's like we have this grace that's within us. And sometimes it's hard to acknowledge when these things are blocking us. For me, the the statement and the and the grace points were they they facilitate the change that I was going through anyway, and and I feel like they kind of accelerate it, you know, and they just help me remember that's part of what I need to work on. And it's just been, mm. you know, super helpful. Just and it's and like you said, it's like it was custom tailored just for me you know I, just, I love that because it feels like it's exactly what I needed to to work on you know yeah from what I understand it's been very beneficial uh, in conjunction with utilizing the prayer and one's first and last legal name basically first and last legal name because that's what they've chosen to utilize in their life at this time uh, and their permission, that's how I access the record. And it, with grace points, it's, it's like an addition to help connect one into that vibration. So they're verbally releasing, and they're also utilizing their hand. And some of these belief systems and patterns, as I mentioned way earlier, uh, could be attached to our lineage or our ancestral beliefs over way long ago. And so through that process, we have an opportunity to also help release that for them as well, for the potentiality of our future family lineage. Again, it's all connected. It's all connected. For myself, I I can say when I'm accessing my records about a certain thing, and it's partially from something I'm carrying that's part of my family lineage, I literally can feel my family of the past just smiling. And, and, and now I'm remembering at times uh, for others, I've, I've seen like applause, like, 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 like the energies are so joyed that this, this, this person, this, this loved one, the loved one that's in the field expressing joy that this person is finally moving out of that belief system that might have been in the family for who knows how long. The records being the past, the present, and the potentiality of the future, you can literally change the past. Yeah, I've had a number of experiences like that where um, I came to understand that um, I was, you know, healing ancestral things and 
you know, there's like two different ways we can look at it. I mean, I think initially part of me was like, ah, why do I have to heal their stuff? It's so much. And then the realization, oh, no, I chose to be born into this family, this DNA, because that's what I came that I wanted to do. I wanted to help heal that. And I think that's, you know, beautiful and empowering when we see it that way, because sometimes I think people will feel like, they got the bad uh, deck because of, you know, whatever uh, has been mm. passed on through many generations in their family, you know, whether people had addictions or abuse or so forth. But I see so many actually really powerful souls are incarnated on the planet right now having um, you see this, you know, I was blessed to be born into a wonderfully loving you know family. But uh, I know so many uh, healers and helpers in the world that had really painful, difficult childhoods. And yet there's something beautiful about this very powerful soul that chose to be born into that ancestral line because um, they wanted to help heal that pattern that had been passed down and create that shift on the planet now. Yeah, without those experiences, they wouldn't be equipped with the power and courage to assist others. Because what I believe we have is what we've experienced. And coming from this loving family background that you've had, you have that to share. Someone that comes from a more challenging family will have, and they may not see it at the time, but at some point in their journey through the divine loving energy that's around us at all times, they are, they are able to turn that into something very positive and beautiful that they can share with someone. Yeah. We're alchemists. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> I love talking about all of this. I just love it. I, I couldn't be more grateful to, to have this as my job. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a lot of sacrifice, grateful sacrifice. Because not all people in the, in the physical realm can understand one choosing to do this as work or the belief that they, you know, may be able to uh, live a, a, a life and be able to pay their bills and put gas in their car and it's it's interesting but i wouldn't give this up for anything it's it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing to be able to do what you love at any cost a lot of us do that i think a lot of us human beings have these fears one thing i will say there's so many things Laurelyn shared with me and one of them is our greatest fears are our soul's greatest desires. Hmm. And when she oh, shared wow. that with me, it was very powerful. Yeah. Definitely oh. was an initiative to uh, go there, go into the unknown. <laughs> the uh, lovely, amazing unknown. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could... I love talking about this stuff too. I feel like we could talk to you for hours and hours, but you know, it's, um, likewise. Yeah. 
But yeah, this has been an awesome conversation and thank you for coming on, Mia. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm absolutely so grateful. Um, Lisa recommended me to you all and for everyone who is a seeker who does this work and uh, to the both of you for giving me this opportunity. I'm just so filled with love and gratitude to you both and for what you're doing again with this podcast and in your life. Um, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. And yeah. I have to say, you have a really beautiful vibration. I know Tim and I have both felt it this whole time. And I hope, because um, everything is energy, so I hope that the listeners also can feel this really kind of warm heart vibration that we feel when we're talking to you. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank Mia. You. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Mia Lowry for taking the time to talk with us and share her knowledge and gifts with us. If you'd like to know more about Mia, you can find her online at MiaLowry.com. That's spelled M-I-A-L-O-W-E-R-E-E.com. Or if you Google Akashic Records Mia Lowry, she's the top result. And before we go, I'd like to say thank you to Casey Henson for creating the music we use on this podcast, and to Tiana Roser for all the hard work she does to keep this podcast going stronger than ever. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com, and you can find us on social media as well. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. This will help other people find us. Take care.